Welcome to another episode of Beyond Sermons, where we see Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. Um, in today's episode, I'm going to talk about critical theory and maybe dabble a little bit with critical race theory. Um, for those who don't know, I am a black man living in the United States of America, um, dealing with a lot of, uh, well, racism, as well as anti-racism, as well as a number of different types of, I don't know, isms all right uh and so this country's had a very very ugly history uh when it comes to various disparities and injustices um and basically it kind of culminates in what we're hearing a lot about today or in these days called critical theory uh today i'm going to talk about crit critical race theory um in particular want to define critical theory and then talk about some of the strengths as well as some of the weaknesses of critical theory or CT. And then um, also wanna answer or address the question, was Jesus Christ a critical theorist? What is critical theory? Now it's somewhat of a difficult topic or a definition. It's not really that concise in my humble opinion. I've heard many different perspectives on it, but historically it was developed by a group of scholars back in the 1920s and 30s. Um, I believe it was at the Institute for Social Research at the Goethe University in Frankfurt, Germany. The way critical theory is broken down is broken in, down into mainly four principles. So let's go through each of them. So the first principle splits society into two social groups of the oppressor and the oppressed. This was large in part borrowed and developed from the philosophies of many um, professors, I guess, or great thinkers, but in particular, Karl Marx, who sort of popularized it. Um, he mainly um, viewed society as being either a dominant or submissive group. Um, and today, um, you'll most likely hear people refer to critical theory as cultural Marxism. The second principle of critical theory centers on the existence of hegemony. So let's define that. Um, in simple terms, uh, hegemony is when the oppressor use their power and influence in the realms of politics, society, and culture and uses that influence to dominate the oppressed group. Now, this is popularly and simply known as systemic oppression, systemic racism, you know, um, and so forth. Now, the third principle presumes that knowledge and truth be centered around an individual's lived experience or group identity, such as race, sex, class, orientation, etc and how this empowers the oppressed group with special knowledge, typically unavailable to the oppressor group. Now, this makes the oppressed group um, better situated to speak to issues of injustice and a variety of disparities. Now, conversely, it should also be noted that according to critical theory, the oppressor groups will use the idea of objectivity, perhaps big data, to downplay the lived experience and keep oppressed groups marginalized. Now, the last uh, principle, but not the least, critical theory seeks to liberate and emancipate oppressed groups from their oppressors. Now, this could happen in several ways, but typically it occurs on a spectrum between two extreme scenarios. First being a revolution. This is where the oppressed forcefully overthrow their oppressors. And on the other end of the spectrum, this is where we witness the event of peaceful transfer where oppressor groups will willingly um, surrender their power and influence to the oppressed group. So there are the four principles of critical theory. 
who knows they this may expand a little bit further but as of this date those are the four that i'm on uh four principles that i am aware of so in general critical theory doesn't merely seek to explain how society operates but also seeks to achieve liberation so um I initially intended to focus on critical race theory and may do so for the rest of this podcast from time to time. Um, but critical theory is the more general theory. I believe the agenda is much bigger than just race. Um, there are plenty of other special interest groups that are lined up to benefit from CT once proven that people of color, mainly black faces, are adequately redeemed. I'm sharing my opinion here. Now, uh, but are there redeeming qualities to CT? Well, next I'd like to talk about the strengths of CT and perhaps areas where the Bible support various uh, tenets or assumptions of critical theory. First one being um, the um, CT calls out the evil existence of oppression. There are plenty of uh, examples in the Bible. I'll highlight a few of them. In the Bible, it says in Psalms 103, verse 6, it says, The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. Um, in Zechariah chapter 7, verses 9 through 10, it says, This is what the Lord of heaven's army says. Uh, by the way, I'm reading the New Living Translation. And it continues to say that, Judge fairly and show mercy and kindness to one another. Do not oppress widows, orphans, foreigners, and the poor, and do not scheme against each other. Psalms chapter 73, verse 8, also from the perspective of the proud, it says, They scoff and speak only evil. In their pride, they seek to crush others. And then a little bit earlier in the Old Testament, back in Exodus chapter 3, verse 9, uh, it says, Look, the cry of the people of Israel has reached me, and I have seen how harshly Egyptians abuse them. This is where the Egyptians had... Israel as their slaves and they were enduring harsh treatment. Exodus chapter 22 verse 21, it says, you must not mistreat or oppress foreigners in any way. Remember you yourselves were once foreigners in the land of Egypt. This is after Israel received their freedom. God is now telling them not to basically render evil for evil, not to mistreat and abuse other people as they've been mistreated by the Egyptians. Later on in the Old Testament, Leviticus chapter 25, verse 17, verse says, Show your fear of God by not taking advantage of each other. I am the Lord your God. So those are a whole bunch of Old Testament uh, references or scriptures. But um, you're thinking, oh, I'm a Gentile or I'm not Jewish. Um, you know, um, those were old times. Well, um, just let us, let us remember that the Old Testament is um, a revelation of God's character or God's supernature um, and God's love for each of us. Now, there's another, there are a few other um, aspects of critical theory that um, the Bible have some um, biblical support for. Um, critical theory also um, mentions the existence and abuse of hegemonic powers or systemic oppression. And um, I'll just bring up one verse in the New Testament, which says in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 12, for we are not fighting against flesh and blood enemies, but against evil rulers and authorities of the unseen world, against mighty powers in this dark world and against evil spirits in the heavenly places. Um, if you're a believer in Jesus Christ, and if you're a believer in the God of the heavens, um, we should also believe that there's an antithesis to God, and that is um, evil, satanic, perhaps demonic, and it, 
they have the power to possess people and to control their minds and intentions and ambitions. So, so that's something else that see uh, critical theory calls out, and the Bible at least has one verse that supports it. I encourage you to look up other scriptures that um, that support that identification. Now, another thing that uh, CT also mentions is the importance of listening to others' lived experience. Now, Proverbs 18, verse 1 through 3 says, Unfriendly people care only about themselves. They lash out at common sense. Fools have no interest in understanding. They only want to air their own opinions. Doing wrong leads to disgrace, and scandalous behavior brings contempt. Later on in James chapter 1, verse 19, it states, Understand this, my dear brothers and sisters, you must all be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to get angry. All right, going to let that marinate uh, for a little bit. Of course, there are other scriptures, but I'm trying to keep this podcast short. I uh, don't want to claim to be an, uh, an expert on critical theory, but I just wanted to add my two cents and hopefully it will bless somebody. Um, there are two more um, highlights um, from critical theory. And that one, uh, next one, we'll focus on what's called interest convergence. That's where you have people who are woke up until a certain point. Uh, perhaps they're woke until it starts to impact their livelihood, their bank account, you know, perhaps their family or something that may be near and dear to their heart. Well, it says here in Matthew chapter 6, verses 1 to three. It says, watch out, don't do your good deeds publicly to be admired by others, for you will lose the reward from your Father in heaven. When you give to someone in need, don't do as the hypocrites do, blowing trumpets in the synagogues and streets to call attention to their acts of charity. I tell you the truth, they have received all the reward they will ever get. But when you give to someone in need, don't let your left hand know what your right hand is doing. I'm just going to leave it at that. Next point for uh, critical theory um, brings us to the John chapter 4, verses 1 through 42. Um, and this is uh, an example of where Jesus transcends nationalities. And if you read that for yourself, you'll be, uh, it'll be very obvious to you how Jesus accepts the Samaritans as Jews. So that sort of wraps up this short list about the positive connotations of critical theory that has some biblical overlap. Now, was critical theory based on the teachings of Jesus Christ? That is a question that some of you may be asking. I know I've asked this myself too. Well, I have not found evidence in indicating that CT was sourced from the lessons of Jesus Christ. Although Jesus Christ confronted and overcame religious authorities and spoke against oppression, his purpose in the gospel was to provide salvation from sin and not simply to redistribute wealth or reorganize power structures or encourage chaos and riots. Um, those are not the things I gathered from Jesus's teaching. So, um, if you want to know more about Jesus' teaching, I would um, employ you to uh, implore you to read Matthew chapter five, chapter six, chapter seven as a starting point. Uh, that's going to be that's going to cover the Sermon on the Mount, and it's just a very nice introductory summary of the gospel of Jesus Christ. So we went over the positive connotations. We sort of somewhat dispelled that Jesus Christ is not a critical theorist. 
Um, let's talk about some of the weaknesses now of CT according to the Bible. So much of CT, the first point is much of CT's scholarship is premised on the idea that material disparity observed along racial lines are the result of racism or sexism or whatever uh, discrimination you would like to put in. Um, while we should acknowledge that many ways in which the sins of the past and the present contribute to um, discrimination or any other injustices, we should not make the immediate correlation between any disparity and discrimination that that to default to that position would be simplistic um we're very very complex people i'll dive into that a little bit more later in uh, my points here um and then the next thing um ct sort of draws from postmodernism that cause that's that's cause for concern for me um and postmodernism is where you know, we live a life where there is no objective truth. You know, everybody sort of have their personal truth, have their relative truth, and they just live life the way that they believe that they should just leave, live it and that there is really no moral authority. Basically, with CT, it presents the lived experience of like minorities, for example, as an authoritative source of truth. It's important to listen to one another's lived experience as it can help us, you know, be aware of some of the blind spots in our school of thought or our ways of thinking. However, if the lived experience is idolized as the highest source of knowledge, this now begins to undermine the authority as well as the sufficiency of God's word as the final arbiter of truth. Uh, you can read more about that in 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 16 and 17. It says here, all scripture is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. Another point um, where I'm a little concerned about uh, CT or even CRT is that it's overly skeptical of people's motivation and the racial progress that has been made. Um, and per perhaps even the sacrifices that were made by um, some members of the oppressed group. As I mentioned earlier the, about interest convergence, there's some has some truth to this. Um, nevertheless, as Christians, we are commanded to act without selfishness. Just to keep it simple is that it says in Philippians chapter 2, verses 3 and 4, Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind. Let each other, uh, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Um, I'll allow you to meditate on that on your own time. Please see the show notes for uh, these references. Now, another thing about CT is on the uh, CT can end up filtering everything through our racial and group identities, um, placing these emphasis on these filters runs counter to the biblical narrative, um, which presents humanity as fundamentally united. Um, it says in Genesis chapter one that we are united in creation, being made in God's image. Genesis chapter one, verses 26 through 27 specifically says, it references that. We also have a common lineage to Adam. You can reference that in Acts chapter 17, verse 26. Um, we are united um, not only in our humanity, but also in our sinfulness and our need for forgiveness in Christ. Um, that's Romans chapter 3, verses 21 through 26. And 
in Christ, we have an identity of faith and unity that transcends group identities. Um, that transcendence can be highlighted in um, a few verses here. It's Colossians, Colossians or Colossians chapter 1, verses 19 through 23. You can also read Colossians chapter 3, verse 11, um, and Galatians chapter 3, verses 28. I'm going to allow you to read the, those scriptures on your own time uh, for the sake of the length of this podcast. Um, and then after we've um, able to view how our identities are, are transcendent because of Christ, we become one new humanity in Him. Um, that's Ephesians chapter 2, verses 14 through 18. This results in a forgiveness, reconciliation, unity, peace, godly worship, um, which is demonstrated in Revelations chapter 7, verses 9 through 11, amongst all the groups. This is done amongst all the nationalities, yet um, we're all one in Jesus Christ for all who have accepted uh, his gift of salvation. So these are the this is um, one area where the Bible is sovereign to critical theory. Um, that's one of the limitations of critical theory. It breaks things uh, down into group identities where, um, where the final result is empowerment uh, and a transfer of power, but not a unification of everyone. Uh, that was a mouthful um, for me. And uh, for me... Um, there are pros and cons to uh, critical theory, um, but the Bible remains sovereign. Um, the Bible preceded critical theory. The Bible preceded a number of different psychological approaches to, quote unquote, rectifying the world. Well, the Bible says that um, the solution is Jesus Christ, and um, that's the main highlight of this entire podcast. But what I'd like to do is to also um, break down some of the other conclusions um, that I was able to gather while doing my research as well as meditation on the topic of critical theory or even critical race theory. So number one is, this is um, we don't just live in a material universe. Um, I believe there is a God um, and um, we will all answer to him someday. Um, whether we believe in critical theory, when we even, whether we believe in critical theory or not, um, that day of judgment, that's not going to matter. <laughs> All right. Um, for me, the next thing I sort of gathered from this is oppression of others is evil and we should condemn it. I mean, it's just that simple. There's consensus on that one. Um, I don't really know too many people who would say oppression is good. So then the next thing is, Sure, oppression is evil, but that's not the only moral wrong that's out there. Um, as, um, as a follower of Christ, we should also condemn violence, lust, arrogance, envy, slander, gossip, sloth, murder, and many other behaviors in ourselves and in society in general. I'm sure I didn't cover the full list, but for now, uh, I'm sure people can relate with at least one of the entities on that list or behaviors on that list. Uh, next point of conclusion is we are all sinners and we all fall short of God's glorious plan for us. God sent Jesus into the world to save us from our sins and to change us from the inside out into new creatures. So let's just focus on looking on our inside rather than just simply just focusing on the outward, the 
you know, the, the statistics, the government statistics, the, and so forth. Um, while we should be cognizant of those things, we, we definitely need to understand that the ultimate solution is going to be, is going to require um, a cleansing from inside out. And I mean, critical theory is attempting to solve a sin issue without God, by the way. So the next point is we ourselves only escape our immoral tendencies by redeeming, by redeeming love of Christ and his presence and continuous works through the Holy Spirit in us. So that's another thing. Uh, when we become new creatures, all of a sudden, the goodness and the light that's within us, placed by the Holy Spirit, is now able to shine and expose the darkness and give, um, remind people of the opportunity to choose Jesus Christ or even reject him. Um, that's realistic as well, too. People have rejected Jesus Christ, and there are going to be those hard hearts. Um, there are going to be those um, who are going to be the wheat, and then there's going to be the tares as well, too. And that's just unfortunate. But God desires for all to be saved. Um, and even though I'm trying to talk about everyone and use sort of general terms, um, the fact of the matter is that we are each unique God made creations with many unique characters or characteristics, I should say. Our only moral worth is that which was endowed by our Creator. And no person has more inherent worth than anyone else, whether they be the oppressed, the oppressor, the native, immigrant, rich, or poor. Jesus Christ died on the cross, on the um Jesus died on the cross for all of us. For God so loved the world. Um, that sounds like everybody to me, um, when it comes to the ultimate sacrifice made to bring us closer to the Lord. Uh, and then finally, my final conclusion point here is we should love everybody and we should treat every individual with respect, regardless of any physical, emotional, or spiritual qualities. The, uh, the disclaimer I'd like to add with that is that we must love God with all our hearts first. If we can love God, then we can love mankind. If we can, if the Lord can forgive us, we can forgive mankind as well. All right. So that pretty much wraps up my thoughts on critical theory. Um, I've heard it in the news many, many times. Honestly, not too many Black people I hear sort of diving in, into it at depth at this level, but I just wanted to share my thoughts on it that critical theory is not just a, a simply yay or nay topic for me. Uh, there are aspects of it that needs to be expanded upon, uh, looked at closely, but also looked at closely with a biblical lens. So I encourage you all to look at the show notes. Um, you know, here are my um, extractions from the Word of God, um, you know, as far as um, what I believe will be faith-building experience with critical theory. Well, with that being said, uh, this concludes another episode of Beyond Sermons where we see Jesus Christ beyond the pulpit. Um, if you enjoyed this episode or were blessed by it, uh, we're not looking for donations yet, but what I'd like for you to do is to go to beyondsermons.com where you can subscribe on the podcast platform of your choice. So with that being said, be blessed to be a blessing.